Hey everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project and my special guest for tonight is Chantelle Kaur, who is a Miss Grand Australia national finalist. Chantelle, hello, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on here, Adrian. It's a pleasure. I forgot to say how much I love your background. Pink. Is it a background or is it just a wall? It's actually my room's wall. Um, It's still pink. And I do think I've grown out of it, but at the same time, I feel like Barbie. I feel so fabulous waking up just to see pink walls. I was Instagram stalking you as I do. Did I read somewhere that pink is your favorite color? Yes, it is my favorite color, hence the pink wall. <laughs> do you think pink is a color that like, I mean, stereotypically it's like girl's favorite color, but do you think it's a color that people grow out of? Because I seem to know a lot of pageant girls who are by no means like teenagers, they're like young adults or adults, and they still love pink. So do you think you'll ever grow out of pink or it's here to stay? Uh, well, I, I don't think I'll personally grow out of it, but I like to tell myself I will because I'll walk into work and, um, you know, I have like a pink case, a pink water bottle, and, and I work in the legal field. So... I kind of just, it's like watching Legally Blonde, but... I was going to (laughs) say, please tell me you don't have a little dog that goes along around with you. I don't, but if I did, I would be a very happy young lady. I I wish I had a little dog. Please don't. You'd just be a walking stereotype. But hey, you do you, whatever makes you happy. Now, um, before we get started, I I mentioned that I was going to get you to pronounce your name correctly because it's a, a point of pride for me. Um, Chantel is one of the names you go by, but would you like to pronounce your name properly for us so that people can actually give it a go? I butchered it, which is why I'm going with Chantel. I can't say it, but would you like to pronounce it properly for the guys watching? Thank you so much for considering it, Adrian. My name is pronounced Chantel and, um, I go by Chantel for convenience, but it really does mean a lot to me when someone puts that effort in and you're one of the few Mm. people that have said, I really want to get it right. I want to understand your name. And that's one of the things that, you know, fills me with pride. And like, this is what Australians are supposed to be. You know, this is who we are. We put that effort in and we want that mateship with people. We want to understand them. So thank you for that. Oh, that's that's the least I can do. Uh, and then you mentioned that you have a, well, a nickname, I guess, that you go by. You said, was it Preet? Yes, yes, that's correct. Now, that... You'll have to tell me how that works because normally with Australians, it's like if you're Anthony, you're Tony or Ant, but how does it go from Chunchil to Preet? So Preet is actually my middle name. So my full name is Chunchil Preet Kaur. And Preet is the name that people very close to me know. So you've just exposed my secret name to Oh, there you go. Everyone that's watching this. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, you do know that in, in pageant world, it's very common for the girls to use their whole name because it makes them seem like it's, it's like a royalty thing. A lot of the girls will actually put their, their middle names even in, say, in, in their Instagram handles. So I feel that, you know, it, it won't be a secret too long. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so I'm missing out on my royal name is what I'm hearing. I should put it in everywhere. Well, it's a, it's, let's say it would be good luck. Um, bef- let's start with the easy question. Um, how did you get involved in the crazy world of pageantry to begin with? So I got involved in pageantry in a very, I suppose, bizarre way. Um, 
I'm Punjabi, which is a uh, particular type of Indian. And we have this cultural festival and it's a bit like a pageant and it's called Tianda Mela, which means the um, fair of the sisters. So the sisterhood fair. Mm-hmm. And essentially there was a, a bit of a pageant there where a girl would introduce herself in the language. So she would speak Punjabi, she would show off the culture. And I always wanted to do that. I wanted to prove that I was really connected to my roots, which I, I wasn't. Um, but I wanted to feel and embrace that cultural identity. So I did that um, and it gave me the experience of a pageant and I really enjoyed it. Um, and after that, I actually, the first pageant I did prior to Miss Grand, um, I might've entered it as a bit of a joke. I didn't think they would pick me because I said, I'll give it a go. They're not gonna pick me. I'm the brown girl from next door. They're not interested in that. They want blonde hair, blue eyes. Entered the pageant, got through, and I thought, well, might as well see it through. And after that, I decided to do Miss Grand because I guess pageantry is something I really want to explore and it makes good leaders. Um, It Mm. made me discover uh, Shushmita Sen, Laura Dutta. These are very prominent Indian women in pageantry. And they taught me that women in pageants are intelligent, powerful, and it's a platform. Um, It's not about the crown because if you win the title, you just have a plastic crown. What are you going to do with it? Um, So I decided, yep, I'm going to use that platform. I'm going to take it up and I am going to change the world eventually. (laughs) Good for you. Um, I, I will say India has a huge, I don't know if it's a huge pageant history, but they obviously are very big into pageantry. So, and I've always wondered why, and I'm just curious, do you have any inkling or understanding as to why pageantry is such a big thing in India? I'm, to be frank, I have no idea, but I've noticed that pageantry in India is very different to pageantry in Australia in the sense that it is very competitive to the extent that their pageant days here, it's just um, a few days, there it'll be a month just for your national pageant. Um, And we don't have a talent round in Miss Ground here, but in India, you'll have things like talent, um, you'll have your native uh, costume, so Mm. if, you know, you're from India, but not everyone's wearing, I guess, Indian clothes. If you're Punjabi, you'll be wearing a salwar or um, like a patiala suit, which is a type of outfit. Um, And I would love for Australia to do that. I mean, imagine, because of how multicultural we are, imagine going to a pageant and then having all the girls dress up as, you know, their their heritage or someone from their ancestry so i would show up in a langa um someone could show up in a kimono and it would be so beautiful Mm. so um yeah i guess i guess i kind of went off the rails with the question you asked but (laughs) i don't know no i'm i'm fascinated um by all these i think you're not, not that you are well i mean you are indian i'm assuming punjabi but obviously you're living in australia but i don't think i've actually interviewed and i'm racking my brain because i'm 
actually you're interviewed number 200 literally <laughs> but I, I've interviewed probably a hundred people before you so I've done a lot of these interviews and I'm racking my brain and I don't think I've interviewed anyone from India or certainly an Indian um, pageant queen so all these it's very interesting for me because you bring up all a lot of these names of different for example I assume it's costumes or the way like traditional attire and I can't say that I know what any of them look like I mean can you give us I mean, I know what a kimono is, for example, but with the other ones, can you give us some example of maybe the, the costumes that you wear or people in your culture will wear uh, on, an, on a, I don't know, a special basis, a daily basis? Because it's not something I've had much exposure to. So I, I mean, that's something that I like to promote on my Instagram as well. You'll see me dress up in my ethnic wear. Um, there are different types. So there's a langa. The langa mm -hmm. is essentially a long flowy skirt and it's paired with a crop top, but it's a heavily embellished crop top. So it's quite beautiful. Um, and then, of course, you have things like a sari um, and you have a salvar, which is a long top with these um, embellished pads. So you have quite a vast variety. And I have contemplated wearing something ethnic to Miss Grant, so mm. maybe I will. Just for you, Adrian, perhaps I'll show up in something Indian. Let, let me bring up your Instagram feed here because I think it's better. A, a picture is worth a thousand words. So just let me know. I mean, that I think this must be a newish post. Yeah, one hour ago. That I mean, I don't know what that is, but that, that looks stunning. Um, well, but direct me. That's by an Indian that's designed by um, I think she's half Indian um, and she creates pieces from um, she essentially recycles clothing so she's all oh. about sustainability makes her own pieces and she's contacted villages in India to create pieces um, yeah all these outfits for her so yeah there's there's a bit of background about that as well it's a beautiful color. And now that I'm I'm actually reading the post, I've heard of Lakshmi B before. I can't remember from where, but that name is familiar. Um, are there any other outfits you could point us to? I'm just going to scroll um, down. Yep, keep going. So the one just above me wearing my glasses, <laughs> that one? Yes. So that is called a langa. Um, as I mentioned, it's the long flowy skirt with the crop top. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's quite, it's fun, it's flirty. Um, it's not as traditional as a sari would be, um, mm -hmm. but that's one of the more toned down ones. If you keep scrolling, I can show you a, a very extravagant one. We like extravagant. We're in pageantry after all. Yes. So there we are at the pink. Um, just scroll. Yeah. So that's another langa. Very, very elaborate, very traditional uh, Indian colors, typically bridal colors, a bright mm. pink, maroons, reds. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they're absolutely beautiful. And when I was younger, I stayed clear of anything that seemed too Indian because I didn't see anyone else at school embrace it. There was nobody like me. 
And pageantry has actually helped me embrace my Indian identity because I ran away from it most of my life because I wanted to be like the other girls. I wanted to feel that sense of belonging. Um, but then I came to realize that I stand out for a reason and perhaps I should create that sense of belonging for others like me. If it's not there, mm. then it's time someone stood up and yeah, your girl is standing up now. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can really resonate with that, obviously being Asian, but I was born and bred here. So in every way I'm Australian, but um, I always, I don't know if resent is the right word. Maybe it was the same for you, or I certainly wasn't proud of my Chinese heritage and you'd kind of want to do everything you could to fit in. And I always, cause a lot of my friends, other Asian friends, they would only hang around in their own ethnic group. So with other Asians, which I didn't think was right. So I made a very big point of not doing that, but, um, it's been sort of a growth journey for myself to sort of embrace the fact that, well, I mean, I am Australian, but I'm certainly not, you know, blonde haired, brown eyed or anything like that. Has that been a, I mean, you mentioned pageantry helped with that, but has that been an ongoing journey for yourself as well? I think it's something that I guess till this day, I still struggle with. Mm. And the reason pageantry assisted with it was because I was convinced that I was not beautiful simply because I was not Anglo-Saxon and it was something that had been so ingrained into me in high school um, especially when you have friends that are all Anglo and they make certain remarks um, some of the remarks I've heard is you'd be beautiful if you were white can I try putting my foundation on you I'd love to see you with blue eyes and it kind of just reinforced the idea that wow I would be beautiful if I was white but because I'm not I'm not beautiful and no one's ever going to think that I'm enough. And when I discovered pageantry, I found that the title holders happened to be like Indian. And that's what shocked me. I thought that doesn't make sense. I've been told I'm not beautiful because I'm Indian, but so many Indian women win Miss World. They win Miss Universe. That, that doesn't add up. And that's one of the ways that pageantry assisted me. It made me realize that perhaps I was in the wrong environment. I was so surrounded by people that were convinced or that were convincing me I wasn't enough. I believed this lie. And mm. I guess sometimes I do think about it now because when we look at the media, um, think about the current census first you know the current census that we've just had has revealed that half of Australians are either born overseas or their parents are born overseas and Indians are the third largest um, ethnic group in Australia so when you think about it and then you watch television you think wait that that doesn't make sense if Indians are the third largest why don't I see them on television why don't I see them in the modeling industry, that, that doesn't make sense. And that's when I get a bit pulled back because I think, are we still not good enough? Are we still yeah. not? And I, I'm sure it's something you've experienced as well. Um, and mm. a lot of people of color, it's a journey that 
we're going to be facing for a very long time and things are changing which is great it's absolutely yeah. wonderful but it's still that journey and it can be painful but it's a lot easier when you've got someone there and you've got people you can relate to and you've got allies i found that in miss grand um in comparison to my previous pageant the girls are a lot more supportive i've actually sat down with one of them and i've spoken about this and and i said thank you for listening to me thank you for acknowledging this um because you you've made yourself an ally and i feel seen i feel heard and it goes a long way when we talk about things like white privilege it's not we're not blaming anyone i'm not blaming you because you're anglo-saxon i'm saying you have opportunities and you have these chances that I won't get because of my name and the color of my skin. Um, but I would say I'm very grateful for the girls that I've met because a lot of them have decided that they would be my sister. They will stand by me and they are not going to stand for, you know, any stereotypes, discrimination or any bias or prejudice against me. So that's you know that's the australian sisterhood well i mean i'm glad to hear that and i've worked fairly closely with the grand um, australian system before so that that doesn't surprise me um and i would hope that all of the girls would be fully supportive of whoever wins um on the night um i mean i i completely resonate with your journey and i don't think i've really talked about this much in the 200 or pre previous interviews that i've done but um, I remember when I was probably just coming out of school, so well, after my first full-time job when I had money and I was stupid, um, you know, when you're about tw early 20s and I decided I wanted to dye my hair blonde. Actually, I, I initially wanted to dye my hair blue, um, but they couldn't go blue. No, I don't have pictures of that, but I do have photos of my hair long, like halfway down my back long and blonde. And I remember one time looking up blue contact lenses because I just... I didn't, I didn't feel like it was, I hated myself, but it's like you said, I just felt like I needed, I'd be more accepted somehow, or I would be better or more if I had blonde hair and blue eyes. And even saying that now, it sounds stupid, but I think it's very powerful how the subconscious works. So it's what you said. So if, if young people are watching TV, although maybe it's not so much TV these days, maybe it's more YouTube, maybe that's a good thing because it's more diverse. But if you're watching TV and all you see is Anglo-Saxon, 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 then subconsciously as a child, you do begin to think, oh, there's something wrong with me because I don't look like them and they're rich and famous. So obviously to be rich and famous, I'm going to have to become like them. I don't know, was that, is that similar to your journey at all? I would definitely say that is exactly how I felt. Um, and like I mentioned, it's a journey that I'm still going on. I still mm -hmm. don't see myself represented. And, and that's another thing, something that we really need to think of, Adrian, is are we being represented or are we being marketed? Because if we're being mm -hmm. represented, it would be accurate to whatever the demographic is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say sometimes when I see certain brands um, or certain agencies promote something, it's, in my mind, it's, oh, the reason it's not you is because 
you're a woman of color and you're a woman of color that they can't use as a token or they already have a token so they don't need you that's pretty offensive isn't it being the token it it is um and and i suppose it's a discussion i've had with other um individuals as well and they've said well isn't it better to have some representation than none at all but I think that mentality is something that we need to shift away from you know mm. we shouldn't be happy and say oh you know there's one person of color that's great but they're an obvious token and yes it's great that they're there but it's not great that they're being utilized um yeah so yeah a lot of problematic things but that's what we're here to do we're here to fix them and change them yeah i mean some is better than none yes but i'd hardly call it an ideal solution and the idea that someone would be hired simply to fill a quota i find that quite offensive um whether you're talking about people of color versus anglo-saxon or men versus women i just I, I find the ideas of having to fit certain numbers and, oh, you only got hired because you're a woman of color. It's just like, uh, okay, maybe that's better than nothing, but I still find it like not treating people like people. Like you just, oh, you fit all these, you, you fit all the check boxes for the minority that we need. So let's get you in. I'm like, that's a bit offensive, but um, mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too deeply into it. I, I have no idea. No, not at all. I think your thought process is you know you're spot on you're absolutely spot on adrian well it's probably not too um well, we'll, well let's move on from that we could have a very long and detailed discussion about that but i mean i do love talking about i, I love it whenever in pageantry we can actually talk about issues and maybe propose real solutions to real problems. Because I find very often we we like to throw terms about, but they don't actually mean anything. Whereas I like to see like real concrete difference. Um, but I mean, look, you, we're coming up to Miss Grand in two days. What day is it today? What day is it today? It's Wednesday. <laughs> it's been a long week. Um, so you you guys are starting on Friday, right? That's correct. Okay. So, you know, second pageant experience, how are you feeling? Are there any nerves with 48 hours to go or are you just super excited? I am nervous and excited. Um, yeah, just a lot of emotions at once. Um, but I also can't wait to eat something really unhealthy after the pageant. So <laughs> what are you going to, well, what's, what's the first thing you're going to eat? after the pageant i have really been craving pasta but not just your normal pasta i want a kilo of cheese on it people underestimate how much i can eat i i will verse you in a, any like eating competition we could anytime anywhere <laughs> just just call me there <laughs> You're sounding slightly hangry now. Have you been deprived? deprived? I'll take you on anywhere. I'll eat a kilo of cheese. I'll eat you under the table. Come on. Let's just like, whoa, whoa, chill. It's okay. Calm down. You, you, you realize that if you do, if you're lucky enough on Saturday night to have the crown place on your head, they're probably not going to want the first thing you do to go and eat a kilo of cheese though, right? Oh, yes, but 
You know, I, I want to say I've been dieting, but I would be lying. I have not. Um, I just haven't been eating as, I guess, you know, crazy as I usually do. No kilo of cheese. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't be a pageant interview if we didn't talk about foods. So what 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 sort of foods do you love? Oh, I, I have a huge sweet tooth. I <laughs> love anything chocolate, anything covered, drenched or filled with chocolate. I absolutely love. I think chocolate is divine. Um, <laughs> but I've, oddly, I've also been craving things like hot pots and um, like a samosa, which, which doesn't make sense because I don't really eat a lot of Indian foods, even though I'm Indian, but I really want like that fried, unhealthy samosa. And I just want it covered with tamarind sauce and mint sauce. And, and I want butter chicken and I want coconut rice and just every, everything, everything from Asia, just grab it and give it to me. That's what I want. Good talk. Talking to you, I suddenly have a craving for a, a naan stuffed with cheese. There, oh. There's an Indian restaurant like five minutes up the road from me and they just do a naan stuffed with cheese. And I'm, I'm sure it's unhealthy for you. You know, they like to market it as being it's vegetarian, it's healthy for you. I'm like, guys, <laughs> it might be vegetarian, but it ain't healthy. But it's just you know, like, you know, when you bite into it and it's hot and it's just come out of the tandoor oven and there's that stringy cheese and uh, yeah. What have you done? I'm now hungry. <laughs> um you, you talked about chocolate so i mean what like churros donuts is it sounds like everything's everything's on the cards everything everything every morning for breakfast i will have i love oatmeal and i'll have it with blueberries and cacao powder and then i'll oh, throw yeah. in bits of dark chocolate because i'm like is it really unhealthy it's dark chocolate it's i know that it's marketed to be healthy you can... um, and you know it's not but no, it's okay. <laughs> You're reminding me of a conversation I had with one of my tennis students back when I was coaching tennis. And you know how children will sometimes say things they're not really supposed to say, especially about their parents. And you go, oh, um, he, he said, oh, yeah, my mom drinks lots of red wine because she says it's healthy for her. And I'm like, okay, yeah. we, we have to have a conversation <laughs> about this. Cause, you know, they market it as red wine's full of antioxidants. It's like, yeah. But there's other ways of getting antioxidants that don't involve imbibing lots and lots of alcohol and it'd probably be healthier for you. But, you know, you've got to tell yourself what, whatever you've got to tell yourself. But it, the, the cacao powder is because um, I was a raw foodist, so a lot of it was cacao and things like that. It, that's not sweet at all, though. That, that's actually pretty bitter. And you like the taste of that. I love the richness of it. Mm. That's probably why I really enjoy chocolate. It's so it's got such a heavy flavor. And it's so rich in that cocoa bean flavor, unless you're going mm. for a very milky chocolate. Um, but yeah, just I could eat cacao nibs and I'd be fine. I'd be fine. <laughs> wow. You really are a chocolate like connoisseur if you can eat the cacao nibs. I used to chew on those, like it was called a raw sort of trail mix, you know, cacao nibs nuts and maybe some dried fruit uh dried fruit but most people couldn't stomach it because it was too bitter but um so all right so pageant's over why don't you devise some sort of menu as to what you're going to eat so you already said you want a pasta and a kilo of cheese that's like the appetizer 
So what are we going to have for mains? What are, what are we going to have for dessert or beverage? Oh, okay. Um, I, oh, maybe for mains, I would like to go to one of those restaurants in, I think it's in Burwood, and you can go make your own hot pot. Absolutely, they're amazing. So that's going to be my main. I'm going to just grab everything, pop it in the pot. Um, and then after that, I, I've i always wanted to try a corn dog. I've seen that they're popping up now in Australia. I didn't, I didn't see them before. So maybe I'll get a corn dog. I'll just have it as a snack because, you know, it's, it's not an actual meal. Um, and then for dessert, we will have a mud cake from anywhere. Any the closest cake I can find. A mud cake you know, from anywhere. I, this this may sound really weird and perhaps disgusting, but I think <laughs> that the mud cake from Coles or Woolworths, the five dollar <laughs> that cake, it's amazing. I don't know why people don't like it. It's 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 a vibe, for a lack of a better term, it's a vibe. I'm sad to say I'm actually in agreement with you, but I wish I wasn't. There have been a number of times like late on Friday night and you know, you just, you've had a long week, you've been stressed out and you just need to eat something sweet and you go to Woolworths and there's like the $5, whatever it is. I think it might be $10. I don't know where you're getting yours from, but the, the, like a $10, like cheap chocolate mud cake. And you know, it, it's actually, it's not bad. I mean, you regret life when you're halfway through it, but it's not actually as bad as you might think. Mm. Um, so, okay. I mean, are, are you going to be able to fit into this after you've had your post pageant binge? Because somehow I don't, I don't think so. I'm, yeah, I probably won't be able to. <laughs> um, there, I'm a bit concerned I might not fit into my evening gown because. I, I say I'm gonna like I say I'm eating healthy, but eating healthy means portion control. So instead, I'll eat a lot, but I'll say it's eating healthy. I could eat two bags of carrots and hummus with it um, in between meals, and I'd be like, oh, it's healthy. It's just, it's just two kilos of carrots with hummus. It's healthy. Um, so, <laughs> so I should probably I should probably work on that. <laughs> I think someone's been lying to herself, but it's okay. I mean, look, if you had just eaten the carrots, I'd agree with you. But it's a, the fact that there's a hummus in there, because I'm mad about hummus. A hummus makes anything taste good. You could probably put a shoe in hummus and you'd be able to eat it. So, yeah. although it's probably healthier than eating a mud cake, but I mean, still. Not the best, but yeah. It's, it's, it's a good indulgence. You don't feel guilty. Mud cake... You know, after the first slice, because I don't know who only has one slice. Um, you bother to... slicing it up? I thought you were just going to oh, pick it up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when you're eating, especially when you're eating it by yourself, you don't need to share. So, I mean. <laughs> there was a really funny quote I read online. You know, one of those Tumblr quotes, and it said, now that I'm finally an adult, I can buy a cake and I can eat it mm. all by myself. And yeah. then it's update, I've gotten halfway through it, and now I've come to the realisation as to why my parents never let me yeah. eat an entire cake. So, yep. yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of one of those posts. It's true, though. It's the same when you're trying to eat a whole tub of ice cream. Like, the first couple of times you do it, like, you think, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. But you get halfway through it, and you're like, okay, 
probably wasn't the best idea and I'll never do this again. I can't really do that with ice cream. I've, unless it's an ice cream cake, I just, ice cream doesn't have that energy for me yet. Perhaps, perhaps later on. I haven't matured yet, Adrian. Um, once I. You know. No, no, I think it's the other way around. If you're talking about savory and you're talking about cacao <laughs> and dark chocolate, you've definitely matured. Um, oh, we've got someone saying, is it, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's saying you. And uh, <laughs> Ralph, who is watching over from the United States, has said, good morning, Adrian and Chum Chill. So oh, there you go. Yeah, it's nighttime here. But good morning to you, wherever you are. I hope it's nice and sunny because Sydney has not been the most pleasant. That's, you have a talent for understatement right there. I mean, if you'd gone out any time in the previous, well, not so much today, but on Monday or whenever it was, you would have come back looking like a drowned rat. Um, it's terrible. Well, uh, well, we've talked a lot about this interview has gone from really serious conversations. And I feel like then we swerve to like 10 minutes of just binging about food. So let's let's switch back to the pageant for a sec, um, which we mentioned it's coming up on Friday and then you compete on Saturday. I mean, you're early on in your pageant career. Do you have any expectations as to how you'd like to place or how you like to perform or you're just going in there um, focusing on trying to do your best? I would say I would, I, I am going in there with the mindset that I want to do the best that I can do because then irrespective of what the result is, I have that self-satisfaction. Um, but at the same time, realistically, a lot of us know where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are. So I would want my strength to be wherever I think it is. I don't want that lack of self-awareness. Um, so I, I don't know where I could place, but I, I do know what my capabilities are and I do know what my weaknesses are, but, um, I guess we'll see. It's exciting and I, I can't wait. Well, I would say that your weaknesses are clearly chocolate, but I mean, in terms of the pageant, is there any particular part that you're most looking forward to? I... I think I might enjoy the interview because um, one of the interviewers, she mentioned that she'll be throwing out a really difficult question um, that'll just throw us off. And, and I was like, you know what? Looking forward to that. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking forward to that. So I guess that's what I'm excited about. I was going to move on to life outside pageants. So, you know, what you do in your daily life. And let me bring up the title here. Just before I before I ask you about it, you strike me. Tell me how wildly off base I am. You strike me, strike me as being intellectual. I mean, you're a lawyer and competitive. How how intellectual and how competitive are you? I'm that's the vibe I'm getting. Um I that's something I just, I don't think I would be able to assess myself on. I consider myself as the girl next door. You know, you're just, you know, just your friendly girl next door. Nothing, not ridiculously intelligent or competitive. She's just, she's, she's just nice, you know, she's nice to, <laughs> to go out with. That's, that's how I see myself. Um, 
I guess let's wait for the Miss Grand results and we can see how I've been assessed there. Okay. I will say it's a sign of intelligence to not think of yourself as particularly intelligent. So there mm -hmm. is that. We, we will find out, won't we? But in terms of your life outside of pageants, so what do you do when you're not eating $5 mud cakes um, and not competing for a pageant? So outside of those two hobbies of yours, what do you do to keep yourself busy or to relax? So what I do... Oh, so that's not really a career question, but... I, what I your career as well. Tell us about your career, because I know that you spent a lot of time there and you've mentioned law. So tell us about that as well. So I work in public liability law. Um, I work for a corporation. So I guess in a sense, I'm the big bad guy. I'm the bad lawyer. Um, I don't work for the little guy. I'm sorry. And a lot of my work is just dealing with public liability claims. So essentially it's if you go into a store, you slip and you fall or you get injured, something happens to you, um, you would go, people would go sue the company. Um, and then I work for the company to determine whether there is liability. I assess yeah. that. I determine what the law says. Um, and then I make assessments on that and proceed accordingly. It's it's interesting to me, um, perhaps not to everyone else. And I I suppose that I, I find it somewhat fulfilling, but I don't find as much purpose in it because I know that when I did law, I wanted to do it to help the little guy, but now I'm working for the big guy, which is kind of ironic. Um, but what I would be very passionate about is I really want to help develop legislation to assist um, protecting women, so specifically around domestic violence. Um, I think we need better services in Australia. I don't think the ones that we have are sufficient. And I guess that draws into my purpose in the pageant now as well. Um, mm. It's Again, the pageant is a platform. You know, the, the girls all have a different purpose. They can use it for anything that they like. And I suppose for me, it's I really want to create a, a somewhat of a sisterhood of these women that will come together um, so that we can formulate perhaps an organization or a business um, that caters towards assisting women that are going through um, anything in regards to abuse, domestic violence. And I know that there are all these little issues that aren't being addressed. Um, when I used to work in court, uh, I would find that a lot of women would come in, they would have, they would get an ABO, and then you would never see them again. And I would say, well, that doesn't make sense. They're missing the hearing. Um, mm. And one of the quite, one of the tragic things that I remember someone saying to me was, oh, that's, that's quite common and I said that doesn't make sense why would they, they why would they miss it or or why would they drop it and they said well it's because an AVO at the end of the day doesn't physically restraint or prevent yeah. someone from hurting them it's just it's just a piece of paper um and and that's one of the things that really made me think yeah I want to make a difference we are not doing enough um and you know Miss Grand Australia is their stop 
the war and violence. And I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you know, stop the war and violence. That's probably for a third world country or it's probably for, you know, like the war that we have right now between Russia and Ukraine. People don't think, oh, wait a minute, we have that in Australia. I Mm. think we need to be more mindful of our own nation first. We need to think, wait a minute, we have issues as well. We can't just say, oh, there are problems in other countries. No, no, no. There are problems on our home, um, you know, on our soil, and we need to resolve them. So, yeah, I guess my career is, even though it's not where I want it to be, I'm still Mm -hmm. kind of developing myself so that I can go for what I really want and so I can fulfill myself. Um, But when I'm not being as... I guess, boring and meaningful. Um, I do like to, I like to go to the gym, which I guess again is a bit boring. I used to be a cheerleader. That's fun. I used to be a cheerleader at university. Um, So if anyone from ACU sees this, um, yep, ACU, the cockatoos, I was level one. So, (laughs) but, I, I thought that was really fun. It had a sisterhood. Um, we got to do some stunts, which is really cool. So Adrian, if you ever need me to lift you up and flip you in the air, I've got you. <laughs> Are you sure you want to say that? Because I'm the sort of person, after I've had a couple of drinks, I might just take you up on it. The, the question when I have it, when, when it comes to cheerleading, are you one of the ones on the bottom? Like, is it called the base or the one that is in the air getting chucked around like a rag doll? Oh, I am. I was a side base. I was, in terms of hierarchy of importance, I was definitely not one of the important ones. Um, side base was the safest, though. I did try flying once. Um, it was fun, but at the same time, I thought, do I really want to break my neck? Perhaps not. And also, I don't have the balance. Like the women that are flyers, they they know what they're doing. Those women are talented. They have the core mm-hmm. stability. They have. They're just. They're super women. Um, side bases. Side bases. Your girl next door. So <laughs> I'm happy being there. <laughs> I've interviewed a couple of uh, pageant girls who were or are cheerleaders, and um, I think none of them have been game enough to be the one getting flung around in the air i think some of them have tried it but they've all just decided i'm too uncoordinated to be doing that it's not worth it um it does look like fun um but it doesn't look easy by any stretch of the imagination um chunchil just before we go to the final 10 anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to for supporting you along your journey oh um I, I have so many people I would want to thank. Um, well, I guess the first one would be my best friend, Bert. Um, he's supported me through my entire journey. My mother, because she's just, oh, she's lovely. She's been supporting me. And some of my pageant sisters, I know that you interviewed Izzy. Izzy, I would want to say shout out to her because I am incapable of doing makeup. This is actually... So if anyone's watching this, please give me harsh commentary on my makeup. If it's garbage, just tell me. I won't take it personally. Um, Izzy helped me with my makeup. And Mm -hmm. even though we're in a competition together, she would message me and say, hey, how are you going? Are you practicing your makeup? Do you need help? Um, 
your girl is a beginner. Miss Grand was the first time I did my makeup myself. So yeah, it's nice having girls like that there that are there to just say, hey, if you need help, I'm yeah. happy to be here for you. But yeah, shout out to them. And anyone that's helped me, everybody is delightful. Um, if, yeah, if you've ever helped me with anything in my pageant journey, I'm internally grateful for that. And yeah, hit me up anytime and say, do you remember the time I did this for you? Because <laughs> I do, I definitely do. <laughs> Uh, now, you've got one question before we go to the final 10 questions from Sheridan, who is uh, currently a Miss Earth um, finalist for Australia and was first runner-up, I can't remember when Sheridan, because of COVID, was it 2020, to Brittany Dixon anyway. So Sheridan is an established Australian pageant queen and she's asked, is this your first pageant? You mentioned it briefly before, but I'll let you answer Sheridan. Well, hi Sheridan. Um, lovely to, I guess, e-meet you. Um, this is my second, I would say this is my second pageant, um, and yeah, but I'm still a beginner. I don't really know much of what I'm doing, but I'm getting there. <laughs> okay, final 10 questions, your turn. Question the first, what is your favourite word? Divine, divine is my favourite word. What is your least favourite word? um potential I, I i don't like hearing people say this had potential so and so has potential i want to i want to see it cultivated <laughs> so. question three in life what gets you excited or what turns you on new opportunities what turns you off Prejudice. Question five, what sound or noise do you love? The sound of rain falling on a rooftop. Would have had a lot of that this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like, let me clarify. I like that sound when I am in bed, nice and warm. If I'm at work, I absolutely despise it. So there you go. <laughs> When I'm outside getting drenched with my umbrella that's broken, I don't like the sound of the rain. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, I, I'm not quite sure. Um, oh, a squeegeeing car. You know, people are mm. drag racing. Yeah, not for you, not for me. Question seven: If you could have any superpower, what would you pick? And why? The ability to read minds, because as implied, you can read minds and that's quite a powerful thing. <laughs> Thank you for explaining what the superpower <laughs> to read minds means, just for the people playing along at home, if you didn't quite understand. <laughs> superpower to read minds, which means to I, read I minds. That's, that's where you see the lawyer part come in, just a bit of sass right there. <laughs> You're like you're like the um you know maths teachers or science teachers who would explain a really complicated maths concept that you didn't understand in terms of another really complicated maths concept that no one understands. Like you said, you've been talking for five minutes. I'm no closer to understanding what you're talking about. But thank you for that. Um, <laughs> question eight: What job other than your own would you most like to attempt? I'd love to be a politician. 
the Prime Minister of Australia. Oh, Sheridan, who you just replied to, also wants to go that way. So you're in good company there. You should have a chat with uh, Sheridan's in Sydney now. In fact, Sheridan, if you're still watching, I think I just saw on your stories, you got a new apartment. So congratulations. Welcome to Sydney. Um, question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Oh, um, I would say working in a shoe store because that was my first job and I did it for a very long time as a teenager. So I'm, I'm over that. <laughs> How smelly are people's feet? I don't know. I, I think people, I don't know what people think it's like working in a shoe store, but no, no one's feet were being like, yeah, I, I don't know how to, how to answer that. But I did have some weird, weird, um, I guess, encounters. Somebody wanted me to try on a shoe so they could see how the shoe looked on someone else thought that was quite interesting but yeah moving along <laughs> final question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates oh um welcome to the land of peace everything's just perfect it's a utopia good uh ralph here has said good luck chun chill with a oh. four leaf clover thank oh, you for you. watching ralph well that's about it thank you so much for coming on and uh we've talked about some very random topics so it's good <laughs> that's how you know it was a good interview we had a good chat <laughs> I want my cheese stuffed naan. But as I said, I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. Thanks to everyone for watching, whether it's live or on the replay, and we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident, and impactful queen possible, head to thepageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.